Hey, I'm JR. And I'm Mike from the 18 Over Par with Mike and JR podcast. Welcome to season three of the pod, where we'll continue exploring the sights, stories, and sounds of golf on the prairies, where you'll find some of the most golf courses per capita of anywhere in the world and beer. And Lots beer. of beer. Lots of beer, JR. It's the 18 Over Par Podcast with Mike and JR. You suck, you duckass. Welcome to 18 Over Par with Mike and JR, proudly presented by Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. I'm JR, he's Mike, and today we're joined by low handicapper, Mr. Jiu-Jitsu, and hot pepper connoisseur, Alan McDonald. When he's not in the office, choking people out or picking peppers, you can find him at Breezy Bend. Well, we found ourselves in a new studio here, Mike, a, a beautiful studio down in Fort White Business Park. What would they call this? This is called the Eifer Business Center. Okay, so what Fort White Business what Center. No, yeah. <laughs> studio I. Studio I. Or E-I? E E-I-E-I. Oh. <laughs> but it is a beautiful boardroom, probably mm -hmm. one of the nicest boardrooms we've been in uh, since we've started. And look at that. Doing this. Picture that. I'm looking at right we now a, that photo or a painting. Amen is uh, number 12 on Augusta yeah. and 13 Augusta. About well, I didn't even notice JR. behind me. Yeah. We're just surrounded. Oh, wow. Surrounded by yeah, Augusta. That's incredible. We got, uh, we got good food, good drinks, good company. Yeah. So we kind of talked about doing like a little hot, hot sauce challenge at the end of it. But we said, fuck it. You got pizza <laughs> from Santa Lucia, which uh, is great. Thank you so much. Do you go by Alan or Al? What should we call you? Doesn't matter. Okay. We'll go with Alan. Maybe it'll change to Al as we drink some more. Couple of drinks. Yeah, but we got some drinks as well. So this one, you busted out here. Stop grabbing the mic there, Mike. <laughs> Jesus. You picking that up? <laughs> yeah. I get nervous. <laughs> Put we your hands in your pockets. <laughs> <laughs> we got all kinds of different. Yeah. So what is that guy it. there? So is it Romero? Dark yeah. Rum? Yeah, dark rum. So I don't really know too much about it, to be honest. But my mentor told me to get this dark rum. It is out of Calgary. And it is a award-winning rum. I believe it's worldwide. And all of their... Like all of their products are based out of the East Coast. So it's all made in Canada. And yeah, they're based out of Calgary. And it smells delicious. And it what does. is it, 80 proof? And they, they literally hand bomb the batch number on the label on the bottle. Right. So that's from batch three. Like, that's pretty yeah. cool. So you like know a, that's... With like a big pen. <laughs> yeah, so, is there a ballpoint or is it... So yeah, basically like... I basically... What I, I, I just called the guy. I wanted to get a couple of bottles for some clients and the guy was awesome over the phone. Yeah, this tastes delicious. Very smooth as well. Yeah. It smells amazing. It does. I think that's my favorite part. I f this almost feels like a sweaty balls segment. If you're familiar <laughs> with sweaty balls, this is kind of what it sounds like. <laughs> I don't think so. No, you don't. Okay, good. Thinking over we're this talking about pizza. We're talking about sauce. We're talking about yeah. <laughs> rum. Sorry, I brought up the sweaty balls. But anyways, we will 
we will proceed. But yeah, this is very good. Mm-hmm. Would drink again. It definitely helps after having all that uh, hot, hot sauce. sauce. So if we do leave or if you hear someone coughing or blowing their nose, just go with it. <clears throat> but we want to give a shout out to, as always, Bryce Matlaszewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Contact Bryce 204 515 Three four four six. We also got a bunch of his info. Actually, literally all of his info. Fax number, home phone, cell number, everything. Just go to our social media bios. Click on that link tree, and you will see his big and bright, smiling face. You can also give us a tip, which we did mention. So, Alan, you are a member at Breezy Bend, and we talked a little bit about the other McDonald at Breezy Bend. I'm sure there's more than two. Uh, J Mac, who we've had on the show earlier this season. And we mentioned during that show that you can also go to our link tree and give us a tip, a monetary tip. And so we got one of those because of J-Mac episode. So I actually gave part of my tip to J-Mac as a thank you. And I'm pretty sure Corey Johnson, general manager at Breezy Bend, gave that to J-Mac on the first tee when he was playing that night. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What a guy. Thanks for the tips. Thanks for the tips. And you can also ask for some golf tips and other investment tips from Brace Malachewski. And also this gentleman here too, right? Isn't that your field of work as well? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. I like to provide an educational approach because unfortunately it's just not taught in school. The thing is, is like in school, if we were in high school, I go back and think like, do I really care about money? Would I actually pay attention? Probably not. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why. And then as soon as you get out of high school and you start working a job and you're like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. What do I do? How do I do my taxes? <laughs> yeah. How do I pay my rent? If you can even afford rent. What is rent? What is rent? <laughs> <laughs> it's also a musical. Okay. <laughs> we won't go down that road, but again, we appreciate the hospitality. We yeah. also got some brews here. We got some TCB. We got some Kokanee. We got some Lake of the Woods. So we're all over the country. Yeah. We got some bubblies too. Some, yeah, some bubblies, some water, and most importantly, these hot sauces. So we'll talk a little bit about the hot sauces a little bit later on, but let's get into the golf talk. And Mike and I were throwing this back and forth. We're like, oh, you know, because we kind of look up our folks and do a little bit of research beforehand. And we're checking out your golf index. And I thought, yeah, you know, he's a pretty good golfer. He's, you know, for for handicap. Mike's like, pretty sure he's a plus four. I'm like <laughs> what? I'm like no way. So then, yeah. so then on the drive over here, I was scrolling through it, and I'm like, holy shit, he's a he's a it's plus true. four. Yeah, it's true. Like you shoot a lot of rounds. In the 60s. So yep. I'm assuming when you got into golf, you weren't shooting the 60s. How old were you when you got into the game? I was, I believe I did my first nine holes of golf when I was four years old. Mm. Uh, my dad took me to the John Bloomberg nine hole course. Yeah. Nice. Uh, but I believe what happened was you just got me your classic plastic set of clubs and I just started beating balls in the backyard. And I remember him, or he told me that he would always say, know, don't go on the road, just kind of stay in the backyard. Sure enough, he comes home from work. I was living on Woodlands at the time, kind of, you know, St. Charles kind of runs along mm-hmm. that street, sees me on the front, on the front street. And he's like, you know, I told you to, you know, stay in the backyard. And I'm like, well, I'm hitting it over the house. And he's just <laughs> yeah. like, what? He's like, no, you're not. And I was like, yeah, like, come here. And like, he told me that I'd brought to the backyard and dropped the ball down and knocked right over the house. And he's wow. like, oh, so then he got me a little junior set and started wow. taking me to Bloomberg. I don't even think I could do that now. <laughs> were you hitting it over the house with a real ball or were you using the plastic ball? I think it was the plastic ball. Yeah, it's yeah. like a foam ball, yeah, I believe. Still. That's good. That's yeah. safe. <laughs> well, he was going to say, if not, yeah, not like, real balls. As a, yeah, as, a, as a dad, I'd be like, there's no, there's no way you're... <laughs> I did take out you one of the back windows. That. I remember that. I sculled one, took out the back window. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> at the Woodlands place. Yeah, super young. Yeah, great for resale value, but hey, that's all right. It's now it seems like it it worked out for you. So did you play competitively as a junior? Um, did you play with your? I'm assuming your dad a lot. So what happened was, I moved to Fort Francis, Ontario, when I was about ten years old. And my dad got a job at the mill there and I wasn't playing that much golf. Like I was playing with my dad like once a week mm. at the little nine hole place at Bloomberg. But then when I went to Fort Francis, I lived just outside of four called Devlin and it was about a two minute drive from kitchen Creek golf course, uh, where actually Steve Wood was my first head professional. He was working there at the time, you know, in fourth, there's not really too much to do there. It's a very small town at mm. the time there was 9,000 people. So during the winter, I'd play hockey. You know, I liked to fish at the time. And then there, I just played a lot of golf. Parents would just drop me off there. There was no driving range. So I would just chip and putt and, and uh, play golf every single day. And that's kind of how I, I started. And I didn't start playing competitive golf. I think I started when I was about 12 years old. Mm, was that yeah. there or was it? When, it was there. Was it, okay. So when did you make the trip back here. So you would have played, I guess, a bit competitively there just as like a junior club championship sort of thing. Yeah. I, I don't even believe we even had enough juniors to even put on a junior hmm. tournament. You just won the junior championship <laughs> every year. Yeah. Well, yeah. And they, I remember, I think I was like 12, 13, 14 ish. And there was a bigger tournament uh, that, you know, people from Kenora and Dryden and, uh, out of Coke and Thunder Bay would come. And I ended up shooting like 72 or 73 and kitchen Creek is a very, it's not a very difficult course. And I, I remember I won the golf tournament and I was so young that people just assumed that I was cheating. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. So then I got like, obviously very irritated by that. And I kept practicing and practicing. And then later that fall, there was a tournament called the Kitchen Creek Classic that I've won about six times. But at the time I was motivated to basically shut their mouths again. And they <laughs> paired me with all the good golfers that would watch me play. Right. Yeah. And I ended up shooting like 75. Yeah. And then they said, okay, yeah, this kid can actually play. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. I remember yeah. that was, I was super nervous. What like, you, I have to were you shoot well. Were you playing with other juniors or you were playing with adults and you were like 13 or you're like a teen at this point? Yeah, I was playing with kids that were like 16 and 17. Yeah. And and then when I won, obviously no one thought I actually shot that score. And then later in the fall, they paired me up with the 30-year-olds. and like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, the scratch golfers oh, at the time. Geez. Wow. I was, I was super nervous. I never played with them. And then when I shot like 75 or around there, they're like, okay, no, this guy yeah. can play. Yeah. They were probably mental warfaring you and that's why you shot the 75 we're like ah we're, let's get in this kid's head well we i don't want to we don't want to lose to a 14 yeah. year old or 13 well, year old. i remember like i didn't i remember i hit on the bush on one hole and like i didn't really know like the certain ruling mm. so they were like watching everything i did and, like mm. i was like 14 I'm, like i don't know all the rules like so yeah. i'm like just what do i even do here and then that was like on the third hole so they were even making me more nervous of yeah. course yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it would be nerve-wracking yeah but you survived and so what brought you back here, what brought you back to Winnipeg? So what happened in Fort was the mill shut down, paper mill shut down. Uh, there wasn't too much going on. The population from went from like 9,000 down to 6,000. Mm. You know, I just wanted to start my career and there was just nothing that ha really happens in that town. Mm. 
parents moved back. I moved back a year later. I basically just stayed back and worked and worked at the golf course at the time and just came back and just got in the trades right away, right away. Yeah. What were you doing uh, at the golf course there? I was doing a mixture of everything. I was doing maintenance. I was cutting greens. I was doing nice. a pro shop. I was doing the driving range, gassing up mm. the carts. Those Whatever needed to be done. Yeah, that was at uh, Heron Landing Golf Course. So <clears throat> there was two golf courses. One was just outside of Devlin. And then I think about five or six years later after I moved there, uh, Kuchichang First Nation put up a really, really nice golf course, like a championship style golf mm. course. It's it's very similar to how Granite's, oh, uh, okay. like the layout of Granite. That's where my game really got pretty good just mm-hmm. because I wasn't, you know, every five footer isn't dead straight and <laughs> small things like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're not seven iron bumping rounds everywhere. And, <laughs> right. Yeah. It makes a difference. Well, uh, I mean, that's, that's understandable. And, you know, coming back here, did you get a, a membership right away or did your parents or your dad get a membership anywhere and they kind of brought you along? Yeah. So my dad would tell me that it was my brother and I, that got him into more golf. Oh, okay. My brother and I would play all the golf all the time. Mm-hmm. And then that led to him getting a membership. And since we're only two minutes down the street, then he got a membership at kitchen. When I moved to Winnipeg, I, th- I believe the first year or two, I didn't get a membership. Uh, I was working at Bridges Golf Course, actually. Mm. And I just played there for, I think, a year or two. And then I was talking to my great uncle, Ab McDonald. Oh, oh. yeah. Okay. I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah I heard of him. Yeah. yeah. He's got an arena. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the St. James Canucks. St. James <laughs> exactly. Junior Canucks, I should All say. Right. They got a great voice. They got a great announcer there yeah. in the building. <laughs> Yours truly. <laughs> Yeah, so he, he, I asked him, hey, I believe I was going to go to Glendale. And he was like, no. Was it, was it like a college selection thing? And there was, <laughs> yeah. there was, there was hats from Glendale and Breezy and Bridges. <laughs> no. And then it was, it was <laughs> just in no front of your family. It. And then you put on like a hat. That would be cool. Maybe I'll do cool. that. We should, we do, should that. do that actually. Yeah, we if, will. If, if have a signing day, we could do it in this lovely boardroom. Right, well, I'm, I'm a free agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, sorry, I, I interrupted. No, no, it's all good. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically I told him I was going to go to Glendale because I believe, I ended up driving when I was in Ford, I drove down to Winnipeg to play in the AM when it was at Glendale. And I, that was the one where there was like a four man playoff. I think it, there was Garth Collins, Aaron Cockrell, Josh Wittick. And I think it was Charlie Boechko. Wow. That was the year. Decent my, crew. Yeah. Yeah. And you drove from Fort Francis? Fort Francis? Yeah. Stayed with family. And I think. How I long came, is that drive? If you go the Canadian way, it's like four and a half hours. Okay. If you go through the States, it's four hours. Okay. And most of my family are so I just, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, like I remember that course. I was living in Crestview. It was like, it's right across the street. I'll just join there. And my uncle Ab was like, no, no. He's like, go to Breezy and just tell Corey that I sent you. It's like, okay. So <laughs> I emailed Breezy Bend. And of course, Corey gets emails me back within 15 minutes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. that's frightening. Yeah, shout out yeah. to Corey. He's a quick, quick responder. He doesn't Might really like if, if I ever get injured, I'm going to text Corey. I'm not going to go the 911 route. I'm going to text Corey because he gets back to me like that. <laughs> I put Corey as my emergency contact <laughs> on all my stuff now. <laughs> He'll get back to you ASAP. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, like feel free to come by. I'll give you a tour. He gives me a very quick tour. And, and I didn't even see the course because I, I believe there was snow still on the ground. And then I just emailed him just saying, okay, I'm going to join. And then he's just like, oh, like, do you want to like play a few rounds and first to see the course? I'm like, no, like I trust my, my uncle Lab's instinct. Mm. Like, and I've been there ever since. 
Wow. Yeah. So everyone thought it was strange that I like, I just signed up at a course. I've never even played it. But I was like, no, I trust my uncle Ab. Like he went leading me in the, in the wrong direction. And yeah, like, I think my uncle Ab knows that I'm, you know, blue collar. I like to have some drinks. I like to have a good time and right. get away with a few things. And yeah. he's like, oh, mm. he's- Corey just showed you the bar and you were here like, <laughs> yeah, all right. As long as they got Romero on uh, uh, the back bar there, then, uh, then I'm yeah. good to go. There is great service there. I will say I did play the member guest. I think I brought it up in a previous show, but uh, yeah, that was a, a great time down there at Breezy. I mean, Corey, Chris, the whole crew. Um, it was a, it was a fantastic production, fantastic tournament. And it just goes to show you, we got some really great professionals and management and staff that keep this, you know, golf community going here in Manitoba and Northern Ontario. So thanks for all you for coming on the show and telling your stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for keeping the golf courses running. Cause my goodness, we love it. The pros need to thank a pro month. Just spend money with them in their pro shop. I mean, that's all the thanks they need. <laughs> I think Shout I, out to Chris. Well, is that? Oh, you didn't bring your. This is uh, Swanee's, but oh, okay. uh, I, bu- I purchased it online. I didn't buy it at Breezy. But mm. anyways, it was Next Ab time. must have been a member at at Breezy at some point, or he was just. I don't know. Yeah, I, I used to know. see him around Assiniboine every now and then. Really? Yeah, I used to come by Assiniboine and. I'm going to shoot the shit with people, but I'm sure he was everywhere. Oh, man. I played a lot of rounds with Ab, and you're looking at a two and a half hour, three hour nine hole because, like, I've, especially at John Blueberg, it's so wide open, mm. and people see him and they come from everywhere. And, right. he, like, Ab, he was just such a nice guy. Like, um, he was just so respectful towards people. And I remember one hole, there was like four, five, six different people approaching him <laughs> and he would give everyone the time of day and he would know everyone by their first name. And, wow. and it was, I would just go hit my ball again. Cause like, <laughs> God knows, like sometimes like if, if one hole is running one way and the other holes coming directly the other way, we just play the hole and come back and then he would just join you us. Enjoy yeah. Yeah. Still talking to people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what it's like with me and JR on the courses now. It's starting um, to get that way. We're very popular. Well, it's more so me talking to a specific group of people on the golf course, but <laughs> we won't get into that. Um, we will get into uh, what's in your bag right now. So sure. you, you do play with, so you mentioned the hot sauces or we mentioned the hot sauces and I guess EJ, so Eric Johnson, the TaylorMade rep, big into the hot sauces as well. Yes. So I'm assuming you so. got TaylorMade in your bag. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And hot sauces in your bag. You have a hot sauce pouch? (laughs) Eric's one of my best customers right now. Yeah. He loves the hot sauce. Loves the strawberry rhubarb right here. 700 bucks a bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up Contra for a a stealth drive. We have a deal. Hot sauce for golf balls. We have a little. I'll have to try and make some hot sauce. But yeah, I got the... I got a bunch of old clubs and some newer clubs, but I have the stealth first for first stealth edition. I have a, uh, Callaway rogue three wood that Mike Tibbs gave to me cause it was sitting in his basement. Ooh, interesting. So I had like an R seven, like that white club, Yeah, mm-hmm. but I just had like your typical standard shaft and it was just getting too spinny. So Mike said, try this. So I put it in the bag, I have the three to six iron, the MB irons that are like 13 or 14 years old now. And then I have from, I guess seven iron a pitching wedge would be the MCs. Just got some new tailor made wedges with the high toes from mm-hmm. Mr. Eric. And then I have the first edition spider putter. Wow. That's, I think it's going to be going on 13 years in the bag. That's awesome. 
Yeah, best club in the bag. Probably will never get rid of it. Get EJ to sign that for you. <laughs> <laughs> Should get EJ to sign that. Yeah. Start pushing putts. Yeah, he, uh, it looks ugly. What? But uh, it goes in the hole. <laughs> Tell me about the high toes because I've seen the high yeah. toes, but I'm not sure if I know. You know, I know what they look like, and they got a bigger kind of face, if you will. But I don't know. Is there? What are the benefits of the high toe? So this is like more of an error question, but yeah. he tells me that, especially like in the bunkers, pe- people tend to cut across it. And if you look mm. at my old wedges, I did have that pattern of patterns going. Like if you were to look at the wedge from from face on, mm. there's a pattern that goes right to left. Right. So he's like that high token. I'm, I'm assuming it compensates. Yeah. What I've noticed is especially around the greens is... Chip, chip shots around the greens, they come out lower with lots of spin. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, they come out lower. So I've been playing around with some wedges with Eric, and he's allowed me to hit different style of wedges. And uh, yeah, he's, I mean, Eric's awesome. But that's what I've noticed with the high toes. So if, because I've been sh- noticing where if I'm short-sided and I need to play a shot that's like kind of higher, mm-hmm. it is difficult, more difficult with the high toes. Interesting. I don't know if the center of gravity is maybe different, so it's just coming out lower. But yeah. is that swing plane, or that that has a lot to do with the club? Uh, I guess I don't know if it would be swing plane because I'm using the same technique that I've been using for. Yeah, I've been a junior, right? Mm. And my old wedges, like I think I had them for like seven years. They were so beat up that, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Eric's like, you need to get some. <laughs> and that was funny because like I remember my new driver, I had like like the old M1. And then I was playing with Jesse Skelton and I hit this drive and it just sounded dead. And Jesse's like, like Jack's Jesse actually gave me shit. So when, when Jesse Skelton gives you shit, like, you know, that <laughs> you pretty sure it's really a time for analyze some new what, you should, what you're doing. Yeah. So I literally just went straight from the 18th old breezy straight to Eric's tent. Cause it was demo day. <laughs> I was nice. like, Jesse Perfect. told me to come here. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse should get a part of this sale right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get a bit of commission off that. Eh? Nothing wrong with that. Exactly. We take a quick break to hear from Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Well, Bryce, it's, uh, it's great to, uh, to have you on and to have a quick chat. My first question is, uh, what can an investment advisor like yourself from Endeavor Wealth uh, do for me? And how can that differ from my my current experience of trading with Wealthsimple uh, just based on my the recent Twitter feeds? <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for having me on, you guys. Yeah, d- discount brokers like Wealthsimple uh, certainly have their place. Uh, but at the end of the day, you get what you're, you pay for. Uh, those platforms are very limited in what they offer, and they're more ideal for just basic trading. So if that's what you're looking to do, and it, it's really not a bad platform for that. But what we do at Endeavor, uh, we take a more holistic approach. Uh, we examine an individual's needs. Uh, both short-term and long-term, and we go way beyond just investments. 
we look for tax opportunities, ensuring the decisions you are making today uh, minimize your overall tax that you might be paying. Uh, we also help our clients address estate and insurance needs. So really anything we can do to uh, assist in your overall wealth management approach. And going back to some of those discount brokers and, and, and things that you see on the internet, uh, a lot of times people don't realize the amount of intrinsic risk that they're taking on with with making some of those trades and so finding balance is is another key thing that we do for our clients at at endeavor that was bryce malachewski who is an investment advisor with endeavor wealth management part of ia private wealth and a member of the canadian investor protection fund you can contact bryce at 204-515-3446 being a a plus four i think it's like plus 4.7 or somewhere in in around that realm you must have had some lessons in the day, worked with some professionals. It, can you narrow it down to maybe one? And I want to give a shout out to Ken Porteous. So he was on with uh, his son, Mike, a couple, few episodes back now. And he's like, you guys should really ask this question. Mm. And so shout out to Ken Porteous. Thank you so much. He's the Manitoba golf historian. He's the honorary 18 over par Manitoba golf historian now. We're hoping to have him back on the show to talk a little yeah. bit more golf. And he said, you guys should ask this question. So what is the best golf tip or instruction you've ever received or even give us a top three because yeah, we want to get better. Yeah, I can, <laughs> I can definitely give two for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one I got was when I was just a junior, like chipping around at kitchen Creek, the old super there came by and I was the classic 60 degree, put it back in the stance, right. use the leading edge. And he came up to me and he's like, here, try this. And I mean, I still use it today, but I, put more of the toe down mm-hmm. because when you're swinging at full speed, the shock, the club shaft will bend like this way. So it allows, there's so much club head speed that the toe will naturally be down. So mm-hmm. since you're chipping and it's not full speed, you have to adjust for that. So just by having the toe down, so instead of placing the- So you're kind of almost like closing your face or putting the club more towards the ground? Like nope, the angle facing way. toward more, the ground? Oh, this, okay, so this more is upright, the toe, okay. I guess you're changing the lie. Correct, the lie angle. Okay, the, uh, so you're putting more of the toe on the grass correct. when you're setting up. So okay. here's the grass, and then the toe would be this way. Yeah, so it's the toe is more sitting, so the heel is off the ground. Off the ground. Toe is into the ground. Correct. Okay. And you'll see like uh, Shoffley do this, especially around tight lies. Okay. It goes mm-hmm. this way, and then there's no forward press. Because anytime you lead with the leading edge, the room for errors way greater. Yeah. So if you actually move the ball forward in your stance, and I tell this to all the amateurs because we don't have four hours a week, eight hours a week to actually practice this hinge and hold method that you'll see Phil Mickelson talk about. Right. <laughs> right. So you get yourself on some tight grass and you lo- use the the bounce instead of the leading edge. Yeah. And you actually put it more forward in your stance, like actually closer to your toe. Yeah. And you just hit it like a putt. Interesting. Yeah. That's kind of similar to what Colwyn was teaching me. Colwyn Abgrill, who we've also had on the show. Yeah. He's won a few uh, professional championships this yeah. year for the PGA of Manitoba. And yeah, yeah interesting. Mm-hmm. But it, but he didn't mention, he mentioned putting it a little bit more forward in your stance, like like you mentioned off the toe or even uh, your heel, like your front heel, inside the front heel. Yep. And, you know, leaning forward, putting a lot of pressure on that front foot. But that makes a lot of sense of actually putting the toe more so in the ground with the heel up. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And it's like, I mean, you watch Sugar do with putting. Yeah, and yeah. the same putting yeah. stroke, yeah. Just kind of- toes in the ground, yeah. yeah. I've, uh, 
mended that into my game recently. You I, have, I eh? have, yeah. But and I feel we got to like, play more. Oh yeah, we. <laughs> 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 uh, but I feel like you're less uh, susceptible to like skulls or thinning it. Correct. Yeah, your misses are way better. Yeah, if you're playing in obviously the rough, then that technique wouldn't work. Actually, it would make sense to use a leading edge so and cut through the grass. Right. But you're very, if you're playing at a public golf course where the rough pretty much is like a, just a longer fairway, mm-hmm. all that technique could work. So that really helped my game. Just that little tip there. Uh, also, I was working with a, with a golf coach. He's from the UK. There's an app called Skillist. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I was on there. I've mm-hmm. done a couple lessons through him and I've been working with him for about probably two years off and on. And I just send him a video. He sends me a very detailed video back along with another video of what to do. And he actually hasn't done anything with my swing. It was more with the way that I was setting up to it. And then I realized that I was pretty much doomed from the start. Um, What I was doing was when I was lining up to the, to the ball, my club shaft if you were to look from caddy view from face on, my shaft was actually kind of pointing like at my right peck. Yeah. And then at, at, at impact, you, your hands are obviously forward. Mm-hmm. So if the club shaft, if the, if the club is looking like this at address, but then at impact, you have all that forward shaft lean. It's way open. Yeah, way, way open. open. Yeah. So I was like, when I, when I won the mid, I was just, aiming down the left and just playing a push cut. Nice. Yeah. I would just, aim so you're it. saying there's a chance. Yeah. 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 Here you go. So that's what I did. That's I just, play. I aimed in the left bush Interesting. and just hopefully I was just hitting that push cut. Yeah. And so when he told that to me, when he mentioned that to me in the skillless video, I would, what I, and I looked at all the, like all the pros, whether it's Tommy Fleetwood's a good example. You look at all these pros, uh, Roy McElroy, Adam Scott, Tiger Woods, it's, when they are, when it's face on that club shaft is lining up to their left shoulder so that mm. when, so that they're just, they're just like when pre, you're setting pre-set. up to the ball. Yeah. Okay. So they're presetting mm-hmm. impact. Yeah. And then after that, I gained like, I gained a lot of distance off the tee because it was not an open club face anymore. And yeah, I started playing better sent, golf. JR sent me a video about that exact same thing. Uh, earlier this week. I think. Oh, right. Yeah. I keep on sending you stuff just but to again, garble your mind again. I've already massaged that into my gain and that's why my, my irons are so unpredictable where I'll hit my seven iron, like 140 right. to like 180, <laughs> yeah. uh, depending on how well I hit it. But quickly on Skillis, yeah. pretty cool app. Very Got on there. I won a contest with the, prof- the golf professor, Derek, oh, yeah. Derek Goodwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Really lucked out. And uh, DG.golf, I believe, is his handle on shout Instagram. Out to, shout out Ed to Bro DG. at Glendale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did a driver video and an iron video, and he really uh, he gave me some good tips. Um, I love the one quote I always think I watch it uh, before I play. He's like, Actually, Mike. Your swing isn't that bad. <laughs> I was like, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. nice. But yeah, no, there's like there's like hundreds of golf professionals on Skillist and you just, you know, you upload your video and then they'll kind of break it down and, and give you some tips and some good practice um, tips as well. How to practice is really what DG mm. was telling me what yeah. to do. But Yeah, there, there's, there's some of them on there that are very affordable. 
Yeah. You can pay on just like a one time, you can do a monthly, you can do a six month and annual, you know, for any amateur that's, you know, trying to get down to those, you know, 15 cap, I would actually stay away from YouTube and I would more recommend uh, something like Skellist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've actually blocked. Or your local pro. <laughs> <laughs> or, or your local professional, correct. <laughs> or a UK guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've blocked YouTube on all my browsers now, so I can't. I'm not allowed to watch YouTube. <sighs> those things, those videos can actually lead to your game getting worse. It's funny now. Yeah, there's so many tips and so, you know, so many different things apply to so many different people. So one tip for one person may not apply to another person. I, what I notice now on Instagram and you see that you see the, you know, the golf instruction tip mm -hmm. and I go right to the comments and then it's like just hundreds of people roasting this guy's <laughs> tips. And like, uh, anyways, yeah, go see your pro. Yeah, go, go see your pro and, and even working this year uh give a shout out to prozac zach thompson is you find there's body limitations i believe derek goodwin even brought it up as well of when a professional or someone sees you or someone who's a, a good golfer like well a great golfer like yourself alan they're like oh well maybe you just can't rotate that way like maybe there's limitations with your body that aren't going to allow you to swing like this professional yeah because you're not a pro so let's try and work with the swing that you have and do work on the things you do well and continue to work on those things because we know your body can at least achieve mm -hmm. this sort of swinger and you know do this consistently and yeah i think that's the number one thing and even you know with the skillist app showing videos of that or working with your professional live one-on-one -on -one, face to face they can see those things and you kind of say oh you know well my for me my whole left side of my body's been banged up my entire life yeah. so that's why okay well let's work on training this side of the body a little bit more to make it a little bit stronger and work with what you got. And this year, my game has improved immensely mm -hmm. just based off that. For the weekend warrior, for the people that's, you know, person that's trying to get out three days a week, it's they just want to just keep it in play a little more and make a few more putts. Like it's not, they're not trying to be the scratch golfer. They're just, mm. Want to just shave off a couple strokes here and there. And we just want to beat our buddies. 100%. <laughs> Put some money on the line, have yeah. a couple drinks. And, you know, if you, you know, the average human being just wants to learn how to get better. Uh, I would think the average human being wants to do that, but like, I don't think realistically they're, if they're a 20 cap, they're expecting to get down to a three by the end of the year. Right. right? So it's like, yeah, just, I guess your local head pro and, and that was actually a really good point is some people have limitations with their bodies mm -hmm. and a lot of these club pros can work with certain limitations, uh, learning how to keep the game still fun. Cause that's what I've, there are some people at Breezy Bend, I'm not going to say their names, but they have 25 different swing thoughts and their club is going over the pond and over the bunker. I didn't know Mike was a member at Breezy. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, I knew that I was, was going to roast myself before you did, but you beat me to the chase. You're but, getting better uh, though. You're getting better, man. You're getting better. Yeah. Not thinking so much, just swinging, but, but yeah, like, like you can see them, right? You can see them standing over the ball thinking about a million things. Oh man. Like I think pre-shot routine is very over overlooked. Uh, if you look at tiger, it could be the first day at a first hole at a program or the 72nd hole of a major. It's the exact same thing. And I think that is overlooked big time, but I see so many players and like same caliber as me and they're working on one thing. And then the next week it's something totally new. And it's like, you're actually not even getting better. 
probably getting worse. <laughs> you know, I've been working on the same thing for like probably the last two years. Mm-hmm. I still do the same drills I've been doing for like the last two years. Do you do that on the range? Or are you playing more on the golf course? Uh, or is it maybe something off the golf course that you're doing? So it's mostly like on the golf course. Okay. I, I don't have as much time as I used to have, but I like to think that. Well, you got a woman in your life, so that'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. But she's good. She, she allows me to play a lot of golf. So I got, actually do got a pretty good. A keeper. I do. Yeah. And then, but when I go to the range to get warmed up, like I will go like maybe an hour and a half early and, and I like to, I do like to get the phone out and at least get 20 minutes of like, okay, I'm trying to hit this certain spot or whatever it is, mm-hmm. not just ringing off a thousand balls and you don't really even know what you're working on. Mm-hmm. I could probably get way more done in 20 minutes than this person can do in an hour and a half. So what do you mean you get your phone out? Is that, yeah, I have like a little, it's like a cell phone holder that connects to a, uh, like alignment rod. Right. And then you can just jam that alignment rod on the ground uh-huh. and then you can line it up with the hands from, from the back and line right. it up from your torso, from the face on. Mm, and, then you cool. can, and then, yeah. And then I send those videos to my coach Pete. Yeah. And then he does all his lines and all that technical stuff and cool. Gives me a couple things to work on. X's nose and oh, yeah, there's lots of triangles <laughs> and there was lots gets of the degrees out. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, all right, Pete, like I'm not trying to play on the tour here. <laughs> and I guess the third thing, mm-hmm. which is actually watching Braxton is Braxton can get it up and down from inside of inside a hundred yards. Like just watching with the player's cup, his wedge game was just mm-hmm. dialed in. Like he would get himself in trouble. Then I I just know how good his wedge game is. I caddy for him when he won the match play. Caddy for him the at the Players Cup there. Guy gets it up and down from the Oh, you mean the uh, Centerport oh, right. uh, <laughs> CN <laughs> Rail Park? <laughs> no, no, Centerport <laughs> Rail Park, Park Manitoba Open. Centerport oh, Rail. There you Park go. Open. Yeah, that's a mouthful. So he, like, he gets it up and down from everywhere. Like he on number so the real nine during the during the open there. Which is 18? 18, yeah. In the yeah, tournament, tournament 18, Manitoba tournament Open. 18. Tournament 18, yeah. yeah Same with club championship. Oh. At Southwood, yeah. He played the tournament. Yeah, like tournament he, he basically hit it right through the fairway. It was like 350, 60 yards and just hit it way too far. I, yeah, wow. I, yeah, yeah. I didn't think three wood was like they're at the tips. There's some, so, there's some stones on the left there, isn't there? Or that's, that's the monastery. part of the monastery, yeah. Yeah. And then, then right there, oh, it wouldn't be in play because the tent was there. But they had those metal, there's some metal. Uh, yeah, hoops. also part oh, of, yeah. 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 But yeah. I'm sure Braxton wasn't going that far right as, as I do. But anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, there was all kinds of different where he'd like get it offline. And, and I would just remind him like, dude, you're getting up and down from 60 yards, from 80 yards, from 72 yards. Why even take the risk? Like you're going to hit it inside 10 feet and you're a good putter. And he would just, yeah, you're good enough. Fair enough. Hits it to, I'm like, what number do you like? He's like 80. Okay. You need to hit it 120 then. Hits it to the 80s mark. Hits it to five feet. Makes it like this wedge game is top class. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. If he had my putting, then he'd. Oh. Yeah. Shut up, Brax. He knows. He knows. I get well, he needs the original spider. That's what I was thinking. But we needed a lefty for him. He's a, he's right. a lefty. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. you should putt right-handed. <laughs> Don't be taking <laughs> advice from me. He's a lefty. So he's yeah. on the, he's on did, the he, uh, did he had self already? I imagine. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ball state. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's where, where he was. Yeah. Ball yeah. State. Yeah. I know he keeps switching colleges, but yeah, I think that's where he's at now. 
Yeah, you can follow um, him on on the old Instagram. Just search him in there. But you know, you mentioned catting for him competitively. Do you play competitively throughout the year now? I do. Obviously, amateur, mm-hmm. but I I've been playing competitively. Yeah, I guess ever since I was like a junior there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was more like kind of the fun tournaments. But when I moved back to Winnipeg, I was started playing in the in the M and the match play in the mid. I didn't even know what Monday putter was. Mm-hmm. I I think I ended up winning the. I mean, it's not really winning, but I ended up coming first in the match play qualifier, and I didn't even know what putter was. So then <laughs> I get this text from Corey, "Hey, you're playing on Monday night." I'm like. <laughs> Like, okay, so like, <laughs> cool. go on. He goes, you're at Pine Ridge. Where's that? <laughs> He's like, oh, it's like an eight team thing. And well, I'm like, I have no idea what this is. Oh, don't worry about it. Just show up there and Garth will take care of you. So I like, <laughs> I, like actually got That's lost. Funny, yeah. yeah, I got lost. Uh, I couldn't find Garvin Road. Right. So I was like, I think I was wailed by Oak Bank. Like I, was, oh, wow. I didn't, so even, know where the, yeah. didn't yeah. even know where the hell I was going. Like I just moved to the city. Yeah. And oh, yeah, I just meet Garth in the parking lot. He gives me this breezy Ben Monday putter shirts. And, and I was playing with Peter Moore. I was my putter. Oh, partner wow. And, and you, I, did you meet Pete before that? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> actually, actually, oh, I, I ran into him, uh, when I was playing in the, when I drove down to play in the Amic Glendale and he was screaming because he was cheering for Garth. And I'm like, no offense, Pete, but I'm like, who is this idiot? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I know this guy. I was like, I, he was screaming at the top of his lungs yeah. during the playoff at Glendale. <laughs> but uh, so then I was like, okay, I guess I'm playing with this guy. And then the first hole, you guys know number one at Pine. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I, I don't know. So I, I hit driver. I'm right down the middle. Right. Uh, Pete's down the middle. And I don't even know even the format. I was like, okay, I'm just going to try and make birdies, I guess. And I skull it right over the green on one to a back right pin. And I don't know. So mm-hmm. I don't know I'm dead. Right. I just flop it right in the hole. Oh, <laughs> and, wow. and, and I was like, okay, like sweet. <laughs> so your like, first money putter hole. Flopped it from the back of the green at Pine Ridge. Yeah. Right <laughs> in the hole. So I'm just like, okay, sweet. Did my job. And then Pete's like, you honestly have no idea how good that shot was. Obviously I know now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The peppers. Could be the hot yeah. sauce. Yeah, mm-hmm. it could be. Could be the rum. Uh, <laughs> might have. Yeah. Might have been the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> might have been the rum. Might need a little start. <laughs> Is that a song? Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe it's an East Coast thing. I don't know. I don't could know. have been the whiskey. Could oh, have yeah, been yeah. Yeah. I'm not very well. Uh, no, I thought we used to play it at socials back in the day. See, I was going to edit out the sneezes, but now I think I got to keep it in there for that. That's a big, <laughs> that's a big pour. Let's Ooh, not drink all that rum, Mike. That's like a hundred dollar pour right you're there. You're driving, Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I like that was. I think that was pretty much the only thing I actually did in that match. Oh, okay. So yeah. it got worse. Well, I guess it couldn't get much better from there. No, I think I, I think I might've birdied one more hole, but then all, they birdied it. And I think it was mostly Pete. Um, I think, I think we only got one point that, that day. No, Pete must've been a bit upset. You can actually listen to He wasn't Pete happy. Moore. Yeah. Pete Moore then, in the uh, first season, I think episode six, somewhere in there, Pete Moore was on, on the show. Yeah. And then I got cut. Oh yeah, I got, got cut. cut. I got cut, man. Yeah. How, how long after you joined? I, I think I played the week after, and then I was kind of like the ninth, tenth guy. I remember telling Corey when I walked, he's like, "Oh, what's your handicap?" I was like, "Like a scratch," and then because I used to play a kitchen, it's mm, just like right. very easy course. Right? Yeah. And I was like, then I played breezy a few times, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm actually like a three handicap," and like I'm not even close to like these top guys, mm. and then. Shout out to Garth, shout out to J-Mac. They're like, 
okay, you need to learn how to hit a knockdown. Like you need how to hit a, you know, mm. take two clubs more and swing 70% because I, I was swinging everything full. So I learned all those shots at Breezy. Did they take your shirt back? When <laughs> <laughs> no, I still have it. Oh, I still cool. have it. I got all my all my putter shirts. Shout out to Corey. I didn't even know there were putter shirts. Because we're not on the team. Yeah, I know. I didn't know. Now Man, everyone has them. I don't know. Yeah, they all got them. Okay. Breezy always had them. No one else was oh, following yeah. suit. And then the couple, I think the last two or three years. Nice. Yeah. I got a PGA Manitoba shirt too. So it doesn't. Anyway. Yeah, where did you find that? Caddy Shed. Right. Yeah, Shout we talked to about Darren. Caddy yeah. Shed. Oh, yeah. You Darren ever go to Caddy Shed? My brother went there and got a great deal for his buddy in Fort. It's, uh, it's a pretty cool place. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, Darren, come on the show. Yeah. Respond to our emails. You were on, uh, what is it, Blue Golf or whatever. I think it's like a World Golf ranking thing. Yeah. But yeah. looking at the AMs, you had like a lot of top 15, top 20 finishes. Yeah. And then what year was it that you won the mid-AM? I think my best finish was third, 2015, when Devin Shade won at Minnewasta. Mm -hmm. I think I was a four-day total of two under. Mm. And I think Shade was like eight, somewhere around there. And he's but your cousin. Devin Shade? No. <laughs> no. He is now. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close, but I appreciate it. He's a great guy. <laughs> he's a great guy. Look at this. How much you Devin Shade cousin. <laughs> <laughs> great guy, but not even close. No, oh, he's man. somebody's cousin. He's somebody's Probably cousin. he could Probably, be your yeah. second cousin. We'll get that cousins. fact checker, yeah. and they can okay. let us shout out to Terry James. <laughs> uh, make a comment. Find Sorry. out. We want to find out all of Alan McDonald's cousins, and we want to see if Devin Shade is related in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and on the record, there's so many McDonald's at Breezy, and we're not related to. He's somebody's so cousin. Of them. He's somebody's so. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So no, 20, no, it's all good. You yeah. lose to you come in third, 2015. Yeah, and then I had some top tens. I think I did okay when the AM was at Bridges. I think I came tenth. And then I started getting introduced to the mid. And I remember when I was 25, it was at Bell Acres. And everyone said I got mid-ammed because I was playing really well that year. And then in my first round was like in the 80s. So everyone's like, oh, you got mid-ammed because no one plays well when they're 25. Mm -hmm. like the first year. Right. Yeah. And then in 2020, when the mid was back at Breezy or Bell, and I ended up winning. But um, yeah, I had tons of tons of seconds like the club championships i think i was came second a couple times i finally broke through in 2018 and won that was when j mac had his really good year like he won the m by i'm not sure how many won the mid by how many mm -hmm. and then i think i won in a second whole playoff and that back nine was insane with j mac so yeah what do you shoot so i think the first round no, no, he, I think I was 73 the first round. He was, I think it was the other way. No, I was 72, he was 73. And I think someone shot like 69 that day. I think it might've been Mike Tibbs. But then the second round, whoever the whoever was leading was fading off. And then on, I think I was like 300 on the front and J-Mac was like even. But then on 12, J-Mac got up and down from like to a, middle left pin at breezy from like 40 yards. Cause he hit in the bush. He chipped out. And then I birdied 13 and J Mac got, got it up and down from the rocks oh. in the hazard. 
I hit it to like an inch on 14. J-Mac rolls in a 15-footer for birdie on 14. He dunks it from like 50 yards for eagle on 15. I make par, and then he hits it to a foot on 16. Jeez. So I went from having like a three-shot lead to all of a sudden I'm one down on 17, and then I hole out from the greenside bunker on 17. And and then we both bogey 18 to go in the second old playoff, and then I won this, yeah. I won the playoff, but yeah, that back nine was crazy. Yeah. What a competition. That's why we got to put it on our YouTube. Gotta start putting these tournaments on our YouTube page, a non existent YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Corey would, would help you guys <laughs> yeah, out with that. Say, he would be yeah. all in. Yeah. He'd be all in. Yeah. We'll yeah. get it. We'll get him producing the show. He can be every single camera operator and <laughs> gotta get he the can patio cut it together. Golf. And yeah, gotta right. get a vision of the, That's when I knew I belonged to Breezy. When I suck around about 10 30 at night drinking some beers and all of a sudden the, some vintage wedges come out and some night night balls and oh nice i was like okay what's this <laughs> <laughs> i tell so you you guys i think we've heard about this before Maybe i heard Jay corey Mac, talk about it corey yeah. you just hitting to a pin some like you're hitting to 18 or you hit to nine yeah and you don't really know where the pin is but you'll kind of assume where it is because i'm assuming everyone played that day right you just drop these night balls um it's like a 50, 60 yard pitch. You have these really old wedges and you know, you nip it nice. Cause you should see a spark. Oh, <laughs> you're hitting off cement right on that, cement, right, on the, right off the patio. That's awesome. And then <laughs> you put bets down and the closest to the pin, but we got to make sure that we replace our ball marks. Cause superintendent yeah, ain't so course. happy yeah. in the morning. Where are all these ball prints? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, you and your divots you in the patio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, all the gotta sparks. Put, yeah, I got to put some yeah. more stone down on the patio, some more bricks. Patch, yeah, patch exactly. the bricks. Uh, <laughs> wow. So yeah. you ended up yeah, winning that. Was that your, I guess, only a, official win in oh. competition? Oh, I was in the military for seven years, so mm-hmm. I did a lot of military golf as well. Oh, okay. So I, I played a lot of competitive military golf. I was in... I like I traveled to Germany and um, I was actually in Wuhan in 2019. Oh. So October it was you. It was all me. You leaked it. it was all me. I brought <laughs> it back. Get, let's get into that. I brought it back. So <laughs> so it was bioterrorism. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, everyone uh, blames me for bringing it back. But yeah, I came like that was like a worldwide event. Got some good experience there. Yeah, yeah wow. I played in Germany. Got I think I. Yeah, it was all like top 15s, stuff like that. Cool. Yeah. So you were, you were an active service member then? Yeah, I for seven years. I'm still on paper okay. right now, but yeah, I, I put in my release forms okay. after seven years being a medic. Yeah. So where did you, like, where did you serve? Did you actually have to do like serve time overseas? Uh, no, I never, never did anything. I, I did apply to go to Afghanistan. Okay. Uh, when you're a reservist, mm-hmm. you, you have more control. So like you, you will get posted to your home base. So okay. I was at a Minto garrison. I was at a 17 wing. I would go to Shiloh every now and then sometimes mm-hmm. Brandon, cause they have like an artillery unit there. Um, I, I was more domestic. Like I was posted for COVID. I spent some time like, like the forest fires and the floods and stuff like that. It was all domestic stuff. Okay. But when I got in and when I finished my BMQ, I, I was trying to get over to Afghanistan, but you need to submit a memo. There's a whole process going and And obviously I was just like BMQ qualified. Wasn't a medic qualified yet. So didn't get the What's call. What's BMQ? It's just your basic military ah, qualification. See. So it's just 
learning the ranks, learning how to wear the uniform, saluting, drill, a lot, lot of drill. Um, obviously not getting... Then, I mean, you are getting a decent amount of sleep, and then when you go to your SQ, that's your soldier qualification. That's where, you know, you're in the field for like two weeks and there's not much sleep, so... Holy crap. Wow. Yeah. yeah. What, so. Uh, and so where does that take place? Uh, in, within Canada, obviously, and... Yeah, mine and mine in Shiloh, and I did mine in the winter. Ooh. So yeah, it was cold. Um, <laughs> didn't sleep for days. Wow. Yeah. There was some, <laughs> I'll never forget. There was this one guy that, uh, he was so sleep deprived that he was calling an eight figure grid for, he saw, he thought he saw a Taliban. <laughs> oh, so yeah. So I like got a hold of my sergeant. Like he like, uh, I'm not like, just like, no, like we would always say no duff. So like, we're not acting. Uh, this guy needs some sleep. Like this hmm. guy actually think there's like real Taliban. He's trying to call in an airstrike on a figure grid. Let's probably get this guy some sleep. Right. Jeez. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. I saw some pretty crazy stuff. I was going to say, yeah. Yikes. And I guess that brings into here, both Mike and I, we saw on your Instagram, um, you know, homes for heroes. Yeah. So I guess having, you know, been a part of, you know, the reserves and, and participating in that, how did you get involved with Homes for Heroes and what exactly is that? Yeah, so Homes for Heroes is a charity where they help military veterans that are actually homeless try and get them, um, you know, try and get them a home and get them back from a military life to a civilian life. Okay. So there's, there, they have, I'm not sure if they dug ground yet, but we are trying to raise $100,000 that's what we just put on that golf tournament at, at Bell Acres. But the first time we ran it, we raised 25,000 just a couple of weeks ago. We ended up raising 40,000. I believe the charity needs a hundred thousand to build. It's basically like, they're like these tiny homes. They're like 300 square feet. Mm-hmm. It has everything that the military will have. So like, it'll have a parade square. It'll have a mess. It'll have like your kitchen and all that. It'll have a barracks. It'll have all that. So, because they're actually, it's unfortunate, but there are a lot of veterans that are homeless. Uh, it's pretty wild once you think about it, but it's, you know, with me being a medic, I would talk to these people. I'd come back from Afghanistan and, and just the stuff that they've seen, it's really hard to get back accustomed to civilian life. Of course. Yeah. So they end up on the streets. A lot of it is they go to alcohol use. Mm. So what we're trying to do is raise enough money to have, it's like a, like a little village and we can put these veterans in there. Um, and then slowly get them trained to be able to get them from homeless to a military barrack style, tiny house back to civilian life. Wow. And so is that the plan to potentially build here? Or yep, like Transcona. Oh, Transcona. Okay. Yeah. So the founder, I'm actually going to one of their gala dinners on Friday night, but, um, they do have like a blueprint of, okay. you know, where they're about to dig and the entire layout. Mm-hmm. We just need that hundred grand. So uh, we're hoping by next year's event, yeah. uh, we have enough money that we can actually get that going. Wow. Fantastic. Well, how can we help? Maybe we'll put a link Play in the next link year. Okay. Play well, next we can year. do that. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Any tips coming our way yeah, to the can, pod, we can, donate. we can deflect them to mm-hmm. the, uh, to the charity there. Mm-hmm. And we'll obviously put it in the, the link tree. Yeah. We got a really nice link tree and it's uh, nice and green too. <laughs> yeah. Like if you go for the, just Google homes for heroes mm-hmm. webpage, there'll be a donate button. Wow. Yeah. That's and awesome. Like even, even like I know my, my sergeant major is like, he he's leaving 
uh, and he's having a pretty tough time. Like he's having a very tough time, like just even getting a, like he's got a pretty strong pension, but it's like, he's having a tough time just working a civilian job. Like even just greeting someone at Walmart, like he's not used to that. Like he's used to, you know, calling people by their rank and oh, right. a uniform yeah. and you, mm-hmm. you have your hair a certain way and you're shaving and now he's going to a place where people are, can't even wear their pants right and they haven't shaved in 10 days and their hair is purple, <laughs> you know? So it's, he's, he's getting, he's, it's just a very tough time, you know? So yeah, I'm just, I'm really passionate about it. My grandfather was a world war two uh, veteran. I can talk about him for days, but the stories that he told me, my dad was air force for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. All right. When well, I was throw that, definitely throw that up in our link tree there. Yeah. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Just a little thing we can do while we enjoy pizza. <laughs> and this rum is unbelievable. Rum. I don't we even want to ask. I don't even want to ask how much that bottle is, but it it tastes great. Well, I know you outlined there something that we wanted to get to, and maybe we'll get it get to it before the back nine lightning round there, Mike. Yeah. Well, we saw that uh, we read about your uh, jujitsu. Oh. So how did you get into jujitsu? Uh, my father, uh, he did a lot of judo. You know, back when he was younger just, you know, growing up in school, just getting bullied and telling my dad and, and my mom liked her bowling on Tuesday nights. So we would always lay the mats down in the basement and he would always just show me certain techniques. Uh, I learned like, I just really enjoyed it. I did a little bit of wrestling in high school. And then what I did is I took that when I moved to Winnipeg, there actually isn't a lot of wrestling that I, what I found, but I did find a lot of like a jujitsu. So, uh, I actually ended up getting just like jump downtown and I was really fortunate. Welcome to, to Winnipeg. Welcome, yeah, welcome to Winnipeg. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I wasn't used to that in Fort Francis, Yeah, but I had, was, got, I got fairly lucky because the guy was fairly intoxicated and, oh. and, uh, Still, I that's up, terrible. Yeah. I am just like getting lucky and just running away and then mm-hmm. just saying like, okay, that could end up like really bad. So right. then that following Monday, I did my first jujitsu class. Wow. Yeah. And I've just been doing it ever since. So I've been doing it for about five years now. Does that go by belts? Do they have belts? It does. Yeah. There's five belts, white, blue, purple, brown, and black. And I guess, you know, I don't know. I was going to, my question is what is jujitsu? Obviously it's a type of martial art. Uh, How does it differ from, you know, I, you know, judo or karate or. Yep. Those are the only mm-hmm. two martial arts I know. <laughs> so it is, it actually came from, it actually came from Japan. Mm-hmm. And it's like, a, it, from what my research was, was that it's came from like the judo background yeah. from Japan. And then that's why it's called like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Right. It went from Japan to to Brazil. The Gracie's got a hold of it. The Gracie's basically turned to a, yeah. A business. That's why you always hear Gracie. Yeah. Uh, now they Rogan talks Brazilian. about them quite a bit, I think. I mean, jiu-jitsu is probably one of the most popular uh, practices for UFC fighters. Is that accurate or? Uh, I, I would, know. if you look at. I don't know anything about fighting or anything. But yeah, no, it's. He's a pacifist. <laughs> Max a pacifist. You're a lover, not a fighter. He's a lover, not a fighter. That's right. Yeah. Lover, not a fighter, yeah. But yeah, there's. There's a terrible lover. but uh (laughs) there's a lot of the a lot of the submissions that come from jujitsu are 
like are from Japan. Like there's a shoulder lock called Kimura and that was from a famous, uh, I believe he was a Japanese judo uh, practitioner. But what is jujitsu? It is a art where you are essentially using chokes and you are using certain techniques to break limbs in order to like self-defense. No, no striking involved. Uh, I would say it's a mixture of uh, judo. If you're wearing the gi, I don't wear the gi. Uh, I did train the gi for a little bit. Um, What's that? What's the gi? The gi is like the karate. Okay, the jacket, uh, yeah, if you will, bathrobe, yeah. sure, yeah, okay. yeah. Like, didn't GSP George St. Pierre, if you're a fellow of the UFC, I'm pretty sure he came to yeah, he'd the wear the every correct. time, yeah, he'd wear that, yeah, yeah. that's the gi. Like, taekwondo wears it, judo wears it, aikido, if you can call that an art, that's what they wear it too. So, mm. but <laughs> confusing, Mike, confusing they, they got bit. the stick, <laughs> right? No, uh, well, I guess you're more maybe talking kung fu, and uh, what's the one they have the lance. Anyways, I don't know. Are you talking Ninja Turtles now? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they got the no. whatever. Yeah, I'm butchering yeah, but this. It's 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 purely for like self defense. There's it's a great art for women to learn because you know I I was teaching a kid just a very very basic rear naked choke, and the father came up to me and was like, "Oh, like like if someone put that on me." Like I would just get out of it. I was like, okay, well let your daughter put it on you and then we'll see. And he tapped quick. Oh, and then he, yeah. And she Understood. was like, I think she was like, I don't know. She's probably around 10. And like, obviously there's not a, not a lot of muscle around the neck. So if you can find it and you can get under the chin. Right. And yeah. you're on the ground and like, well, how long is it going to choke out Mike and I? Well, am I using my Come legs on. or am I using my arms? I don't know. Both. Yeah. <laughs> Both. JR's not at the same time. <laughs> I know. It'd be kind of weird. <laughs> uh, I've, uh, I know I got, I got a pretty good triangle choke. I got a pretty good triangle choke, which is your, you're using your legs, which are the strongest muscles in your body. It's one, so one limb is going up against your carotid artery, and then there's an arm in as well on your opponent. And then your other leg is using the mm. pressure to push into the person's shoulder, so that's shutting the other other. Cr- oh wow! Okay. Off. And just a disclaimer for the <laughs> listeners: we're not recommending you try this right now, <laughs> no, uh, and we are not. Liability. We are not liable <laughs> for anyone <laughs> <laughs> passing out at this moment. Sorry. Yeah, this uh, program is, is violent in nature. Viewer discretion is advised. That's why we have the explicit, clearly marked on every single episode. Yeah. You're welcome. I'm sure you had some viewers if you guys want to see what it's like to get choked out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll get some yeah, YouTube go. We'll have some more of that hot sauce. We'll have some more of that rum. A couple more drinks. A couple drinks. <laughs> but uh, I would say five to seven seconds usually. Wow, that fast, eh? Holy yeah. smokes. Yeah. If you, like, if you have someone that's a lot stronger than me, I'm assuming a black belt with super good technique, I will, I will even say it would, it would be even five seconds. Mm. But you, you, like, you compete in, like, you've been in, I don't know, a ring. I don't know what you would yep. call it. Like, you've done yeah. this. You're 13 and one. (laughs) I saw that. Oh, I, yeah. So I, like when I was a white belt and a blue belt, I just blew through everybody. I think I only lost one match. And I think I had like over, like, I think I have like around 18 matches when I was a white and blue belt. Got my purple belt super quick. And then I'm like, okay, like now, like I'm two and two as a purple belt. Uh, My two losses are for the judge's decision, but, um, yeah, it's purple belts that next level because 
you are starting to get an understanding of setting traps now. You're not just trying to like, you know, dig a submission or, mm-hmm. you know, trying to force one. You're actually setting traps for, for the opponent. And you, purple belt is a style where you have like the basic fundamentals down and it's just pretty much just more time. And I would say that you can get purple belts like me that have been training for four years, but you can also get purple belts that have been training for a decade. And it's a, it's a very wide yeah, belt. And the two guys that I went up against, that I lost to one had 10 years of experience, one at 11 and mm. they're, yeah. And then when they're like, well, how long have you been training for? I'm like, oh, five years. I'm like, oh, like, they're like, I got double the amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, uh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So don't yeah. mess with you on the golf yeah, course. Yeah. I was going to say, don't, don't hit up on Al. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's funny when J-Mac will kind of say a few things like, because obviously people get a couple drinks in them and they'll start running their mouth to me. And then J-Mac's like, oh, like, don't. Don't do, do it. it. Don't do it, man. You might be a small guy. Don't do not do that. <laughs> don't go down he, that road. Yeah. He knows from experience. And <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. 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 J-Max a lover, not a fighter. Too. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Shout out to J-Max. So we had the privilege of trying out your hot sauces. We haven't tried out the salsa yet. Yep. We tried it with the pizza. How did you get into doing these hot sauces? And let me tell you straight up. They're fucking delicious. They are really good. Yeah, thank you. It was a lot of trial and error, that's for sure. Um, basically, how it got started was Frank's just isn't hot enough and Sriracha's okay. And I was just kind of bouncing the idea around. And my dad is an individual that has 20 different things going on in his life. And we kind of joked around like about it. And then all of a sudden there's just a couple gardens in the backyard and there's soil in there and he's just doing it. So yeah. And then he was the one that did it for a so few you, years. You and your dad grow these peppers. Like, is are they in your backyard? Are they in your, my dad's backyard. Okay. Yeah. And, and so basically he kind of just kind of figured it out for like the first year, I would say. And then when I started trying it, I'm just like, Oh, at least my dad. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like, uh, this is probably like <laughs> shit or whatever, right? <laughs> and then I had, and then I had to pop. Yeah, and then I had it, and I'm like, this "Oh, this stuff's shit. like this stuff's like pretty good." Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't want didn't want to say that to him, right? Yeah. So. That could be your brand name. This is probably shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I was always joking. I was uh, like, you know, a finance, any jets, any golf, any hot sauce, you know, right. right. So, <laughs> so then I, like he was making just like a hot sauce that was like, just kind of like a little hotter than Frank's. And then he started making these flavors and then he started making like a ketchup, a ketchup hot sauce. But he was making it like way too hot to start. Like I remember I wanted to start learning it cause I'm like, it's really not that hard to make. And it's all, all natural stuff. Yeah. Like it's coming right from the garden. So we're like learning how to make it. We're like sterilizing the, the jars and stuff. And and we're learning how to make the process work. And like, we don't know what we're doing. So we're basically like blending up all these peppers. Like we were dealing with some of the hottest peppers. Like, yes, yeah, so you got the Scoville scale there. So what the is Scoville a Scoville scale? It's basically just a scale that rates every single pepper out there from, you know, the hottest to not that hot. So just to give you an eye of like we have, I sent you guys a picture of the dragon's breath. <laughs> 
that uh, that we had in the garden. Yeah, it looks and scary. We might have to share that on our socials too. <laughs> <laughs> but like we we will make a lot of sauce with the Trinidad Scorpion and the Carolina Reaper. Mm-hmm. And if you were to look at the jalapeno pepper, it's like it's on a like it's five thousand on this scale. It's only five thousand, where the California Reaper is two point two million <laughs> on this scale. Whoa. So just to get an idea of if you think jalapenos are hot, I wouldn't even be touching the red habaneros that are in the mm-hmm. the Charmay rhubarb right now. Mm-hmm. But we basically like blended up these peppers. And then as soon as you take the lid off, you just hot box the whole house. <laughs> like you can't even breathe in there. So like I got my army gas mask on, you know, and mom's freaking cause the house is destroyed. My dad's eyes are watering. All the houses, like the, all the windows are open. So now we actually like wear gloves and you know, we wear masks and stuff now. But you got an RV and you guys cook this stuff. <laughs> got a little meth lab. Yeah. We got uh, what's it breaking bad or whatever. Yeah. 2.0 going on. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's some serious stuff. Like what, oh, what are some of the mishaps that happen? Obviously you don't want to touch your, your face, your eyes or other parts, but didn't one of these things, like what happened with one of those guys and was one in the fridge or someone was trying to make yeah. some hot sauce that got too hot. Yeah, like at the start, we were making it way too hot. And we gave a bottle to my brother. And we gave, I gave one to a buddy of mine. And, you know, they texted me in the morning and saying that the whole, the, the lid blew right off. Wow. And the hot sauce was all over the fridge. And they cleaned out the whole fridge. Yeah. <laughs> That's hot. That's kind of going to be my ass later. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's viewer discretion is advised. It, at least it happened in the fridge and not while it was like oh, yeah. under your face or something yeah. like that or in your car or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, I, I got these style of balls. That would be an now. Uber upcharge right there if that exploded <laughs> in the old Uber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like these ones have a mixture of the hottest peppers. This uh, this is the blueberry and the salsa, and this one's the more the mild one. But we like I I stay away from because what we were doing at the start was we're just using like the old Frank's Red Hot bottles, mm. just sterilize them. We just use those bottles, mm. but it's got the flick, like it's got the yeah yeah. So right. when you flick it, the sauce would come out with oh no it. Yeah. Heat. Carbon- yeah so like can we actually is it so is it like carbonated in the bottle or just the heat can cause pressure within the bottle i think it's just the heat like i mm. will seal all of it uh, as you saw like some of them were, were sealed yeah but um like i wasn't sealing any of the mm-hmm. frank's red hot sauce yeah. bottles right. and as you flick the lid open it <sighs> would yeah just, that's oh. why like like some people if, if they were to hold it down here and flick it open, like it could get in their eyes and right, stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. And there oh, has been cases tight. where like my dad likes the hot, hot stuff. Like he likes his ghost peppers and his, and his uh, scorpions wow. and his California reapers and all that. So there was a, a time where, uh, he actually got a little bit on like on his finger and they went to wipe his eye <sighs> and, and <laughs> He's such a savage. He took the four liter milk jug, put his head in the sink and just started <laughs> pouring milk in his eye. And I was like, and I, I believe my, I was introducing my girlfriend for the first time. I can't, I can't remember if she was there for that one. Oh yeah. I can't remember, but, uh, That's awesome. but yeah, he, I mean, he didn't give a shit. And like, I, I remember telling my girlfriend, like, okay, we're going to have dinner. And I'm just letting you know, my dad likes his hot sauce. 
He's going to be sweating profusely. <laughs> he he it's puts, not a heart attack. You know, he puts it in everything. So like, just don't judge the guy. Just let him do his thing. He ain't going to talk. Just let him have his 15 minutes. What? He's going to sweat on his food. Just let him do his thing. That's so wild. then, so then he's like eating his stuff. And it was, I don't think it was like Thanksgiving. So he's got like the, he's got the bro, he's got the broccoli casserole, the progies. He's got the salads and it's literally on everything. And she just like looks over. And she just couldn't like, she was always just doing this. She's like, I'm like, this is why I told, like, he's okay. Just, just, <laughs> just let him grind this out. Wow. <laughs> the guy, this guy grinds more over dinner than he does on a five footer at players golf course. <laughs> like just let the guy be. So, um, that's and that's the thing with him. Like, I'll actually tell you guys, like, these are hot. He'll look at you guys and be like, oh, it's not that bad. Really? So the, the one compliment, I mean, there's plenty of compliments because they are really good, is you can still actually taste what else is, is with them. So you mix them with the blueberry. So that was the hotter one. That was, so yeah. what else is, what, what peppers are in the, the blueberry one there? So the blueberry is a mixture of the ghost and the scorpion. Okay. Okay. And same with the salsa here. Oh, nice. This is the one that I, I think the salsa might have a little bit of a uh, California Reaper in it. Um, but the this one that I that dad and I made yesterday, it's just uh, red habaneros. Yeah, that's they're both delicious. I haven't tried the salsa yet, like you said, but wow, yeah. that is impressive. So you've been doing this for a couple of years now, just like yourself or with your your dad. Your dad's been doing it a little bit longer. Yeah, like I've been asking my dad like a lot of questions about like the certain recipes that he uses, um, and so I've been kind of getting into it for probably the last. Like I've been really learning this summer, mm -hmm. uh, but he's been doing it for probably about two to three years. And I've just been kind of learning on the side. Just, I mean, just like you're kind of like a standard apprenticeship kind of thing. And uh, just cause I, I just, it's, it is really good. And I'm, I don't think I'm being biased. I, you know, Eric loves the strawberry rhubarb and Corey likes it too. Corey likes the blueberry mm -hmm. and it's actually not that hard to make and it's all natural. It's right from the garden. So some of these things that you're getting from the grocery store, you don't even know what's in them. And you know, ketchup has a lot of sugar in it and all these things. And I just, I mostly just put most of the stuff like on pretty much everything I eat. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I could see why they are yeah, delicious. Doesn't numb the tongue too, too much. And we survived. We didn't use too much Kleenex. <laughs> we, we, made it, we made it we through also, the show. We made it to this. We point. also used about a, a thimble uh, worth on our on our pizza, uh, and 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 my tongue was numb a little bit. But I guess <laughs> you know I don't mind hot things. But uh, you, there's probably a tolerance that you can you build up to. And yeah, I wasn't able to to eat these ones when I first started. Mm -hmm. um, actually. Like I used to be able to go on these hot wing contests and, you know, eat the wings and be sweating, but be fine. Mm -hmm. And then when I was posted in Borden for three months, there was Where's a hot Borden. Borden is about 45 minutes Northwest of Toronto. Mm. Pretty big military base. I think it's the third largest base. Spice capital of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's where I did all my medical training. And, <laughs> and there was a small town called Angus and they had this hot wing contest. Right. And everyone, I went there and I had their second hottest wings and the owner's like, oh, we'll come back tomorrow for a hot wing contest. Well, you try the hottest wings. And then I'm like, okay, well, if it's not, if I just woof these ones back, I'm sure the hottest ones are gonna be okay. And so I showed up there, got my nursing gloves on, ready to go. And, <laughs> and, these, Good idea. Yeah. and these things come out 
and they they just take the extract from the pepper, like the seeds. So when you open up a a, a dragon, like the dragon's breath, there's actually two sides of seeds on each side. So usually it's just one seed, but there actually there's two of them on each side, mm. and they basically just take that seed and just put it on the pepper. And I've never seen anything like it before. And I'm like, okay, this Whoa. is like, yeah. And there's that's a, usually the worst part. Like even if you're eating in jalapenos, it's it's the extract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like a very very dark red. And they had a thing where you're either on the Hall of Shame or the, or the Hall of Fame. And there was only like ten people on the Hall of Fame, and like <laughs> two hundred people on the yeah. Hall of Shame, right? And I was grinding so hard. I think I got like five or six down and we're like throwing up, coming back, keep eating a few. And then the owner was like, okay, like I actually feel bad for you. Let's just scrap this. <laughs> How many did you have to eat? I think there was a pound. A so, pound. Okay. Yeah. And a lot I th- of wings. And I th- they get to get a pound down and I think I got like six or seven of them down. But, uh, um, yeah, the owner was was just like, okay, like, you just just I'll pay for the wings. Just get out of here. There's no photo taken. Get <laughs> out of here. Go back to base. <laughs> and I ended up, and it was like a Thursday night, and usually the military likes to drink on Thursdays. So there was down at the bar, uh, everyone went <laughs> out. Every, first of all, I good to know. Good to know. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they all go down to the bar, and I went back to barracks because I just did not feel good, and I'm puking my guts out. I go to bed at like seven thirty. I wake up at two thirty in the morning, and that's when they're coming back into the barracks. My buddy's just about to go in the washroom. I push him out of the way. Two thirty in the morning. I'm puking again, and the extract is coming out my nose. Whoa. Yeah, it was horrible. So then I get lined up for parade <coughs> in the morning, and my sergeant looks at me and he goes, "He's like, he goes, you go to the hub last night. You were drinking last night. I'm like, no. And he goes." Hot wing contest? I'm like, yes, Sergeant. He goes, Hall of Fame or Hall of Shame? I was like, neither. He goes, okay, I have to talk to you later then. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Hey, that's oh, not my wow. claim to fame. That's yeah. all right. Yeah. Very interesting. Right. Well, that is. I uh, didn't know I'd learned this much about uh, hot hot wings, peppers today. I'm glad uh, we did, though. Uh, quick question. Mm-hmm. What What is the best remedy for, like, uh, yeah, four liters of milk in the eye. Exactly. Milk. For a hot pepper. Is it milk? It is milk. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't what know type why. Of milk? Cow's milk, I think, goat's I think, milk, 2%, 1%. I think it's the more skim? fat, the better. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's cream. Yeah. Like I would stay away from skim, but I think I got like water doesn't do you milk me? <laughs> Anyways. Oh yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's cool, man. That is cool. Uh, there, one more question. Sure. Are there, are there regulations about these peppers and like you gotta, I imagine you're buying these seeds online or you gotta like register these peppers or something. Well, you like when you go to certain hot sauce stores, like if you buy a certain, uh, like if you look here, so the California Reaper was, uh, Currently, the hottest pepper, according to the Guinness Book of World War, World Records, 2.2 million on the uh, Scoville scale. Uh, it's 440 times hotter than a jalapeno, and you would have to sign off on a liability form when you purchase some hot sauces, uh-huh. saying that the company mm-hmm. held liable if you pass away or 
get a, a medical condition or whatever. Jeez. Yeah. So especially when you get down to like, I haven't even heard of these, like this one's called a, I don't even know how to even pronounce that pure something. And it's 16 million. Is that, that's the hottest one or no? Yeah. So you have the Apollo pepper, which is 2.5 to 3 million on the Scovis scale. And then that's the second hottest in the world right now. And then you have your pure, I don't even know how to even say that last word, but it's 16 million. Like Caps- that, that could definitely kill you. Yeah. Caps- wow. Capsaxian. <laughs> Capsaicin? I don't know. Yeah. Never heard of it. Um, Either way, it'll fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there are liability forms that you will have to fill out. Good and to know. I'm sure it's oh, the same for some seeds. Too. I'm glad we didn't fill out any okay. liability forms. One today. more thing on the peppers. Mm. Is there health? Are there any health benefits to eating oh, yeah. hot peppers? Yeah, that's a great health? question. I, I actually, heart, I don't man, know. I'm pretty sure it's blood flow. Yeah, it gets blood flow going. Yeah, I think like onions and some of the stuff's good for the heart. Aphrodisiac. Well, that's a <laughs> given for sure. Yeah. But I want, I wonder too, like if you eat these peppers, like will it actually burn more calories? Right. Mm. Well, let's see what I'm at right now. Because of the heat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm Got sure there's some health benefits. benefits. I mean, you're, it's coming from the ground. It's coming from the you soil. and uh, EJ or some of the other spicy sauce lover should do like a, a round and then like progressively eat spicier peppers and play golf. Uh, another good idea for our YouTube yeah. channel. That so if you Rob McMillan, Rob McMillan's a big fan of the, the spice. Oh yeah. Spice, yeah. So if you make a bogey, you got to take a bite. Mark Stone. Oh, big spice guy. Yeah. I might have to give some stoners some sauce. Uh, yeah. Like <laughs> you make a bogey. He's throwing sauce around all season. <laughs> Snap it sure around. Has. Anyways, all sure right. Has. That's all I got on the sauce. Okay, well, let's uh, jump into the uh, back nine lightning round. And it is for Bryce Malachewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce 204 515 3446. Also, check him out in our link tree, social media. Let's go to our bios. Mm-hmm. Click that link, smash the link. Yeah, shout out to Bryce. He's going to Nashville next week. Fuck yeah, man. I want to get down to Nashville. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he's doing down there. Too stepping. I know what I'd be doing Country down there. Music. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> you would be right. doing Fair down enough. there. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, back nine, Al. Uh, seems like you're a big fan of the pod. Yeah. Have you have you have you listened to all the episodes? Have you You've definitely scrolled them? You scrolled yeah. Them. How did you find us? Obviously, we've interviewed half of the members at Breezy Bend. Yeah, that's that's why. Like, I think just it's true. You had a couple people like Eric and J Mac. They share on their Instagram. I click mm-hmm. on it. Oh, okay. I'm start listening, that and easy. then I I went scrolling way back and was listening to all the old stuff. Yeah, good vintage. Yeah, vintage yep. eighteen over par. Now we're going to be getting to that point. <laughs> We're trying to get to 100 episodes. We're almost at 100 episodes. It's crazy to think talking Manitoba golf yeah. 100 times over. You think how many hours that is? Well, hopefully I can be welcomed back. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll do it again in another three years. You got a, yeah. you got a nickname? Uh, people call me like A-Mac. A-Mac. A-Mac, mm. yeah. It's very A-Mac. typical. What about Mac D? <laughs> Mac D, no. I don't think I've been <laughs> I guess that's, called that. I really want that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? I don't know. Why wouldn't they want? I wrote it down. <laughs> I wrote. You did write it down. <laughs> That's what your cousin said. 
Devin Shade, eh? Shout out to Devin Shade. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a good inside joke now on the pod. If you're a regular listener, yeah. Devin Shade hey, is I, everyone's cousin. Hey, I, I actually marked... Uh, I marked he's, he's a pro at uh, Larders? No. No. Elmi. Elmi. Yeah. Okay. I, I, think, I think he actually recently just got on with Larders. I think something just happened. There, but he was the pro at Elmi. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll, get, we'll have we'll, to get we'll him, him on. Yeah, yeah, I'm on the pod. I actually uh, marked Shade's scorecard when he shot 61 at Bridges. Oh, wow. Whoa. I was 68 oh, that huge. day and didn't see the tee box. <laughs> Actually false. I saw, I, I, I got the box on the first hole because I was just happened to be first yeah. on the starter mm-hmm. list, but that was it. That was the end of it. That was the end of it. Yeah. Um, have you ever got a hole in one? Three. Three. Yeah. Yeah. And I was all when I was a junior. Nice. Ooh. So I haven't got one in a long time now. Yeah. Uh, you didn't have to pay for any drinks, hopefully when you're I was a junior. Underage. <laughs> I was underage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And one was in a tournament. Well, it was actually oh. in a tournament, which was, yeah. That's pretty cool. Did you, you won, did you win the tournament? Or? Uh, yes. Yes, I did. How but, young were you when you got your first hole-in-one? I was, it was still when Steve Wood was a, the head pro at Kitchen. I think I was like around 12. That's amazing. And wow. I, and, and Steve was actually walking uh, under the bridge. It happened at number seven at Kitchen Creek. And I was playing behind them and they had like this, I think pretty sure they had like a big skins game going on. And I'm pretty sure the guys from Manitoba drove down and I was just playing behind them. And, um, they were walking under the bridge when I, I think I hit like from the whites, it's 120 yard shot. I think I hit us my, I actually used to have a women's jazz set when I was a junior. Hey, sh- shout out to Terry Hashimoto. <laughs> yeah. Jazz yeah. Golf baby. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I actually still have it. Steve gave me a like a little hole in one, little metal thing, and mm-hmm. still got it today. Yeah, still got the golf ball too. A little Nike. Oh, cool. That's great. Yeah, under the bridge. Shout out to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Ah, great song. Of peppers. Great track. Wow, we're going deep, man. Oh yeah, we're going deep. Music and peppers yeah. and everything. It's been, good. It's been uh, a good show. What golf do you, ball do you play now? I can't disappoint Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, TPX. Yeah, <laughs> play the X. Mm. Yeah, I actually do have, I still have a, a lot of balls that I, I just basically didn't go to my locker during COVID at Breezy and I would just, I have like two or three dozen Pro V1 X's and I didn't go down there for like two years during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I went down there this year. I'm like, oh, I still got all these X's. <laughs> so like, well, I'm not playing with Eric. I'll What's your try. locker number? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know actually. Six something. Six something, yeah. That's awesome. I was, I thought you were gonna say you still have a bunch of Nikes left. No, no, they, no. they don't make Nikes anymore. No. But mm-hmm. Awok still plays Nikes. Very I know where does he find them anyways? I find them for him at the Clear Lake Farmers Market. <laughs> you know, in on and all. There's a there you go. Our, on and our all. guy Dave there. Anyways, uh favorite course to play in Manitoba? Elmhurst. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Uh, we haven't got that in a while, but it right. is very, uh, a common answer. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I, uh, I would say it's a true test of golf. I, I believe it's a Donald Ross design. I, I've never been able to break a break par there. I've been, I've shot even there so many times. I always see like Matt, the pro there. And I'm <laughs> every day. I'm like, Matt, today's a day. Like every time I play in the LME invitation, like Matt, today's a day. And then like last year, I think I was one under 
after 15 holes made a couple of bogeys and Matt's like, cause because of the scorecard, like on the online. So, oh yeah. So he's like, you did it right. I was like, no, no, we got me. Elmi got me again, man. <laughs> but it's not just about, you know, ripping sheaf everywhere. It's not about just hitting fairways and greens. It's actually about hitting, uh, certain quadrants of the greens. And there are some slick putts around there that you can't really see. And like, you could have, you know, the property, <clears throat> I believe the property slopes, uh, South, north, or I can't remember which way it slopes, but towards Pine Ridge. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. Away from Pine. Okay. Away from Pine. So I guess that would be. I guess it would slope east. Slope west. Is west. West to east. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but then you'll get some greens that slope the other way, and you're you're think it's you think it's breaking that way, but you know the property's sloping the other way. That's what I've learned big time there. Like mm-hmm. number. Number six is like a short part four. And if you're on the left side of that pin, you think it's going to break to the right and it will actually stay straight or it'll go to the left mm. because the property is actually sloped that way. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Good to know. Write my, that down as our caddy notes. <laughs> <laughs> my cousin, actually, my cousin, John, shout out to John. He uh, He's a member at Elmi and he invites me out every Friday and I say, no, nice. John, I'm I'm going to the going to the lake. So hopefully I can, uh, wow. hopefully I can get out there. I've never played. You haven't it. told me about this. I would like to get out there. We're supposed to still play with Jordy and Jack. I know. Yeah. From Elmi. Yep. JR played it once. Twice. I did play it once. Uh you're asked to leave. I was asked to leave one of the times. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. In story. a play way. Uh, <laughs> you got a bucket list course in Manitoba? Uh, I haven't played uh, Hecla, and I haven't mm. played. Is it uh, where's this where they had the Am Oak, Oak Island? Oak Island. Mm. I heard I heard a lot of good things about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, Hecla's cool. Yeah, great. Yeah, and they always have good deals out there. Good deals, yeah, yeah. good food, good drinks, everything. Pickerel, yeah, pickerel, pickerel. <laughs> fuck, I ate pickerel all the time. That's all I ate two days in a row was pickerel. I guess it's, <laughs> I don't know if they call it, maybe they call it walleye. I don't know. Not, <laughs> yeah, I just You're a fisherman. Uh, used to be. Used to be, yeah. I'm getting back into it. But uh, yeah, I have a client that works up in Hecla and I guess she can give me a pretty good rate. So I think it might be Get time for there. my girlfriend yeah. to go, go up yeah. there, yeah. Well, yeah. maybe next year we'll have the 18 over par uh, getaway. Yeah. I think she said like- 75 bucks a night and 66 bucks per round with the cart. Okay. Well, let's do it. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Sounds it's gotta be during right. the week. She said though, during <laughs> okay, the week, okay. but I mean, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. So we had, was it two nights, three rounds or something like that? It was under $500 yeah. or something. We, we just kept going. We were just, yeah. we, <laughs> we were just, just we'd round, <laughs> round the corner, played 36, yeah. 100%. 54, 72 in a day, whatever you can fit in. Right. <laughs> and we had to get takeaway wine. <laughs> we did, that was Mike's. Know. That was Mike's doing. <laughs> Shout out so, uh, in your opinion, what's the most memorable course that you've ever played? Oh man, honestly, I haven't really. I don't really think I've played too many courses that are like you know Pebble Beach or some buddies I played Pinehurst Number Two and stuff like that. No, um, I was going to play. Uh, Victoria Club uh, at the Victoria mm. Club when the mid was there, but I, I think I had work going on. I, you know, I have played some nice courses. Um, one that I really liked was Royal Ottawa. 
Mm-hmm. I really like mm-hmm. that track. Um, I think Mark Stone's a member there now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He said he played there when, <coughs> when he was there. Yeah, he... He gave me some good tips. Oh, yeah, it wasn't actually. there. Yeah. yeah, he gave me some good tips about that course before I teed off. Yeah, I haven't really played too many courses. Like, I think that's what I'm going to start doing is, like, I would love to play St. Andrews just because of my Scottish background. Mm-hmm. And I heard it's just the public course. You know, just, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure how many. Mike's got some tips for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I played, uh, I don't know. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> since we talked about it, so I'm going to give you the grace <laughs> to talk about it. <laughs> you know, they gave, me some, give you a call, give me some mm-hmm. tips. Mm-hmm. I played St. Andrews. Listen to episode something or other in whichever season. Uh, I <laughs> Pretty much it, every episode. I think it was, one it was last year when they um, they had the uh, Open Championship. I think you let that me come up a lot. You looked me. Uh, you let me rant for maybe forty minutes on St. Andrews. So appreciate mm-hmm. that. Um, what was I going to say? Well, you said you were playing in Germany, though. Germany. Yeah, but you know you. Since, since I was playing for military, you play on military courses. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're not, like, really the greatest. Mm. Um, Did you ever play the 17-wing uh, base? <laughs> no? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, nice. yeah I have. Yeah, I had to that's back awesome. off. Yeah, that's where we learned how to in. play, or that's where I learned how to play. Yeah. Not very well, but. Yeah, like, you can play Shiloh. Bourne had a really nice course. Shiloh's super nice. Really nice. Yeah, and played Bourne there is really nice, too. Where? Mm. Borden. Oh, right. We, yeah. Mm-hmm. The spice capital of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Actually, Shiloh. You know, you know, our military thing, you know, uh, number five in Elmy? Okay. Yeah. I, Do you, have you guys played, you guys played Elmy or no? Yeah. Okay. So I number just don't five, remember it. The part That's five. why I got asked to leave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the part five, it's the first part five. It's a dog leg to the right. See, I was playing in a scramble. So I okay. started on, I probably started on a 13. And by the time I got to five, I was fucked. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> next time you play Elmi, I was playing with Lutz, and you're like 30, 40 yards away from the green, and there's all of these, like, holes. Okay. And I told Jordy, I said, I'm going to guess that this was actually used for artillery back in World War II. Really? Oh, wow. And, and wow. Jordy said, yeah, this is actually exactly what it's for. No way. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. And the same thing, because I saw the same thing when I was in Borden. Yeah. You just, the fairways are so like. Mm-hmm. like and we see the same thing at Tuxedo <laughs> Golf Course. Or even, or even seven, half a seven out of Cinnaboyne. That's <laughs> <laughs> not fun. Was it Sharp like Boulevard it. there going into the. <laughs> Must have been a lot of artillery. Just on Vietnam. Just on Get ready for yeah. Vietnam. Well, those are all uh, city owned lease <laughs> properties. The city was just. Least Going airborne with those golf carts. <laughs> oh, wow. What yeah. the hell is I going to say? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we threw you off. That's hard to do. Are you guys going to ask me my favorite condiment? <laughs> just wait. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Is that what jump in? No, 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 no. Just wait. Uh, bucket list course anywhere in the world is, is the next question. Next, next golf bucket. course. Bucket yeah, list course anywhere in the world. Anywhere, though. What do you where yeah, do you want prob- to get probably, probably St. Andrews, Andrews okay. just because of yeah. my Scottish uh, background. But right. uh, if it wasn't... Um, Did I Abe would, get over there? Abe? Did you play St. Andrews? Was he uh, a big golfer? Or? Ab was a big golfer, mm-hmm. yeah. Ab, 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 sorry. yeah. No, it's Ab. all good. Ab, Ab was a big golfer. Um, obviously played a lot in the offseason when he wasn't in the show there. But uh, mm-hmm. he, like, he was 70. I mean, he passed away in his uh, early 80s, but like there was plenty of rounds at players and he would still shoot like mid 40s. Yeah. yeah and geez. 
<laughs> like he, that guy was just so competitive. I remember he had come watch me in the, in the am and it was when like, he wasn't really doing so well, but he's, he would still come out and watch me play. <laughs> like I missed this short putt and he's like, he goes, Oh boys, I got some hot sauce in my eyes. Oh no. Oh, no. Wipe my finger. Uh-oh. No. Or yeah, it's your own damn fault. I yeah. think, well, <laughs> rightfully so. You may be getting cut, emo- cut. emotional right now, too. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, bad trick. Uh, okay. It's rolling. Anyways, just pour some coconut in there. We need some milk some ranch. ranch. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I know that Ab, like, I miss this. I miss this short putt. And Ab, like, he's can barely get around anymore. And he, he makes sure he comes walking over to me. And he goes, like... Make sure you keep that head down when you putt. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay sounds it. good. Yeah. And that next hole, I make a nice birdie putt. I kept my head down. He goes, see what happened when you, when you do what you're told? And I'm like, oh, all right, Uncle Al. <laughs> Old right. school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were, we were, like, we'd played snooker and he would look at me and he'd be like, just letting you know that if I was your age, this game would have been done a long time ago. <laughs> He's like, Wow, 80 wow. years yeah. of age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Unc. Oh yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. I think, I think either like, I would love to play obviously Augusta or Pebble beach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ab was a St. James, uh, born Absolutely. Or, you lived mm-hmm. in St. James. Mm-hmm. They bought of us Canadians back in the fifties. Interesting. That didn't cup come up on his hockey DB that I printed out here. But, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. He got, uh, drafted, drafted straight from the, St. Boniface Canadians, and he went straight to the playoffs. Uh, it was Montreal and Detroit, and then he won the cup in 58, 59, 60 with the Habs. Then he got traded to the Hawks in 61, and then he won the cup with the Hawks in 61. And then he was actually on the ice when Bobby Orr did that dive across the crease. Oh, yeah, wow. <clears throat> yeah, and then he would always tell me that if he was on the ice, that would have oh. never happened. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. super competitive, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't want to move on, but uh, mm-hmm. just so we don't have a three-hour episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What Thanks, is your Mike. career low round? Sixty-five. Sixty-five. Wow. Yeah. Where was that at? Was it at Bridges? No, Breezy. Breezy. Oh fuck, that's tough. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I was. I think I was. I think I was eight, eight deep, eight under on sixteen T and. I think I bogeyed two holes coming in. I can't remember. No, I've been eight beers deep on 16 before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's what you're yeah, I've been a dozen too. Too. <laughs> <laughs> So Wow, that's incredible. Was it windy that day? <laughs> I don't, I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> it was actually the day that J-Mac introduced me at Truly's. Oh, oh that'll do it. Shout yeah, out to Truly. J- yeah, and J-Mac, yeah. So found mm. the perfect combo. Just drink about a dozen Truly's. <laughs> Julie's, yeah. <laughs> Julie's don't lie. <laughs> that works. Uh, wild card question eight. Uh, in uh, reading the article about you winning your amateur title, it was windy that day. Yeah, and and it said you. Th- it kind of said that you thrive in the wind and you like to play in the wind. Yeah, yeah why man. is that? And I like to play. I don't mind playing in the wind. First of all, if the greasy you weather, you're a greasy weather guy. Love the grease. <laughs> love the grease. <laughs> uh, but I mean, if it's, it's it's Manitoba, it's gonna be windy a lot. Yeah, it's if, gonna be cold. It might be you, rainy. If yep. you don't golf in those inopportune weather, uh, then you're probably not golfing that much. But yeah, so 
I I'd like to think that I that was probably the biggest switch in my game as I learned how to play in the wind. Just from like J Mac and Garth giving me those tips of just taking two or three more clubs and just taking off thirty percent. Um, Say I, that again. So you, you're you're clubbing up, but taking thirty percent off your swing. Yeah, like I can hit a five iron one sixty. I can hit a two ten too. Right, right. So I just choke it, choke up, mm-hmm. and just do like a little three quarter swing. Put it back in your stance. Take the spin off of it. Right. I would do the same with my driver, and I I can't really do it with my new driver now. But my older driver, I would just like hit like this knuckle ball, yeah. and it would come out really low, and that was the shot that I hit on. Uh, it was 12. It was, that was the game changing. That's what made me win the tournament. But I birdied 12 and it was uh, 12 to straightaway par five with howling left to right wind, pushing everything OB. Everyone was hitting their ball OB and, and uh, I just hit that low, like mm-hmm. 20 feet off the ground driver. I, I never knew that you would. Uh, yeah, you take like power off and you, that would help you in a win situation, but it does make sense. I guess you're, you, as you said, you're taking spin off of the ball. Yeah. And I just knew that there was going to be a high number. Like there's mm-hmm. a, like, it's never over, especially in conditions like that. Mm-hmm. And I just told myself, I, I know I'm a good putter. I know I can get up and down a lot. Uh, and I was just aiming for middle grains. Let the putter do the work. I think I was two under or three under on the front nine at uh, Bell. And then I think I was just like one or two over on the back. And J-Mac kind of gave it to me. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, the guy handled it with pure class. He picked me up. He bought me a first round. And, and uh, but yeah, just learning how to get the ball around and just take the spin off. And that's, mm-hmm. it's all about controlling the spin. So I think I was lucky because I always hit a low ball, but I also don't know how to, I mean, I mean, yeah. maybe just, my mistake. Yeah, yeah. So how far yeah, do you your, how far do you hit your fire iron? Now like one ninety, two hundred, I guess. Okay. okay, so you're kind of around base, and then learn how to hit at one fifty. Yeah, learn, learn how to hit at one sixty. All right, and just choke up to like choke up like. Don't gotta get so serious. I know how to hit at ten yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will. That's yeah. Well, try it. Yeah. Try on the bet. range. But I got to learn how to hit it higher so I can I can kind of stop these things on the green instead of just roll, rolling them over. Yeah. Um, quickly, you, you you've said twice now that putting uh, has saved your life. Um, <laughs> why and how or how do we become better putters? Or was there a, a tip or something that made you a better putter? Uh, I just used like, I think it's Dave Phelps. It's just like a putting it's like a gate you just set this thing down as two marbles and i just every every time that i even when i get warmed up if i'm practicing putting i always have that thing on the putting green and the room for errors very minuscule <clears throat> and when i'm putting it's like okay before i go to the first hole i have to get you know 10 or 20 through there mm. and you know I, what this thing is there no I can show you guys after the pro. I can show you after the pod. Actually, my clubs are at breezy, but I'll send you guys. We'll go to breezy. Yeah, let's go to breezy. <laughs> we're we'll going. We're going to play golf. some the uh, hallway. Hallway. Yeah, we'll yeah. The, free, the freezer but truck is out. I'll show you guys what it is. <laughs> okay, cool. And that's awesome. I, yeah. So I, like, I just keep it, keeping my elbows in, and just keep that, keeping that head keeping down. Keeping them in. Yeah. Um, maybe I, this was a part B to this question. It has nothing to do with putting or golf. Uh, you are in the, uh, 
financial advising and insurance industry. Yep. I guess one one tip or why should we come find a, a, a financial mm-hmm. advisor? Yeah. I mean, like a, a golf pro for finances? Exactly. Now, okay. first of all, JR and I have all of our money <laughs> with Bryce Matlashewski. Yeah, we got to be open uh, and upfront about that. Yeah. Because he's a really nice guy. He's great. Hey, he's got a great what, face. It's capitalism. You have the right to choose. True. So some of our listeners may choose to uh, <laughs> trust you or, or take advice from you. Yeah. Leave us with one tip. I don't know. What, what do you want to, what can we leave the listeners before we go on to the next question? Uh, I'll just say something, something like really quick. Like why, why do you go to an auto, auto mechanic shop to get your car fixed? Why do you go to a golf pro? Why do you, why do you use all these services? Right. And all I do is I have a 20 to 30 minute presentation that it's kind of like an overview of finance and it's going to teach you, you know, I, I demonstrate the six steps to financial independence, the financial house, how you can get your money to double. It's a very basic presentation. And I just like providing that educational approach mm. because unfortunately I just not taught in school. Yeah. So um, for anyone that just wants to just learn just basic financial literacy, right? I don't charge anything. I wish they taught this stuff in high school, at least at college. That way, when you get out of student debt, you actually somewhat know of some basic principles and actually how to knock off your debt. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. That's smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They got to get that in the curriculum. Yeah. Like it's awesome how you guys have a financial advisor. There's a lot of people that are doing the well simple, which, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm if you want to go that route, right? Yes. I got some things in well simple (laughs) (laughs) and I'm, uh, yeah, I'm probably about minus 50%. You know, that's on you. Yeah. (laughs) Literally it's on you. I got some crypto stuff. Oh, the the crypto out. I don't know anything about crypto. Um, You're putting your money in it. (laughs) I put my money in it probably at its height. And then, uh, obviously it's, Gone yeah. down since. So yeah. where on a scale of one to ten, where would you say that your financial literacy is on? Like on a scale from one oh, to ten? Like five. So I'm how does sure. it feel that you're putting money in a bucket that you have a level five education on? Yeah, no, you, you don't gotta cut me down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like thanks for the pizza and the rum, but fuck yeah. you. Uh you know. I just had to say it, sorry. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> not, not betting my, my life savings or anything. Um, there was a time when I was paying attention to markets and, and, and whatever, like the Twitter, the Twitter feeds, the Twitter feeds. <laughs> obviously I don't have that. I got less than a thousand dollars in my well simple. And, uh, it was interesting to play around with, but then you get busy with real work of course, and you have, you should trust a, a professional that spends mm-hmm. their full day looking at that or, or, you know, knowing about it uh, and, and going to school for it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Get some so. education on it. It's like so. what I tell my clients, like, I love cars. I don't know shit about fixing them. So I'm, I go hire someone that does. <laughs> yeah. right? And, uh, you know, it's, it's just good to hear. Like, I'm, I'm happy to hear that when buddies of mine have financial advisors, because it's actually the average age in advisor is actually 63. Mm. Whoa. So, yeah. So with them retiring and we have all the baby boomers retiring, like mm-hmm. who's going to manage those baby boomers? Right. And it's like 80% of Canadians don't have a financial advisor. 10% of them made a plan on their own and 10% actually got one from a licensed professional. 
Mm. Right. So actually when I hear people that have financial advisors, like it, it's, uh, it's just really good to hear. Mm-hmm. Good. Amen. We made that step at least. Yes. <laughs> step Obviously one. I'm canceling my well simple <laughs> account tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Send that over to your guy. <laughs> Stay with the crypto stuff. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, what a what a whirlwind. Oh, uh, our flagship Love question it. in the back nine lightning round. I think we've gone over this. Uh, your favorite condiment. Ooh. They're right in front of me, boys. Coconut. Mm. Coconut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so hot sauce. That's Put it on sauce. the board. Hot there sauce. Is some ranch. Ranch on I am, there's I, some I ranch am a big ranch table. guy. I like ranch as well. Well, it's interesting because it almost, I won't say dilutes it, but it gives it a, an interesting flavor to it as well. Um, but yep. still, uh, hot yeah. sauces on, the own, on, on their own. Great. I didn't try the ranch uh, hot sauce combo, but yeah. uh, it was well, interesting. Well, we still got pizza. Try, we still hot the, sauces. When the podcast is done, we'll yeah. mix the hotter we'll stuff with the ranch. <laughs> All right. And this salsa hot sauce, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll try the salsa. Nice. Yeah. Bathrooms to your left. I was going to say, my work toilet tomorrow. <laughs> oh, God. Good luck. Anyways, uh, wow. What a what an episode. We learned a mm-hmm. lot about a lot of different things. Uh, thank you for, for hosting us here in this lovely boardroom. Yeah, oh, we, really do, uh, we really do we appreciate it. Snip up the back nine as you usually do. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was great. And we also want to give a shout out to uh, both yourself. So go check out yourself. You can check out Bryce, Mas- Bryce Matlaszewski as well, who is also an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Contact Bryce 204 five one five three four four six and uh, we have all of his info in our link tree we're going to put up uh, a nice little link there to homes for heroes maybe throw up some stuff about yourself and maybe breezy so you can find it all in our link tree again hospitality has been top notch really fun to do the show i don't care if people like it or don't like it because i had a hell of a lot of fun so thank you so much <laughs> thanks for having me guys yeah, this for was coming fun. on and uh, let's fun. have some more hot sauce some more drinks and some more pizza so have a good night yeah awesome. we'll talk to you next time see you thank later you. bye-bye and you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot.